Welcome to Because You Need to Know, recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. I'm Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. In the studio today, we have Ann M. Johnson. Ann is the ACT Rochester Director and has been there for 10 years. She has extensive leadership experience in business, government, education, and the nonprofit sector. She is highly effective at building and leveraging relationships to drive positive change. Does Rochester come ready to engage? Tell me about what your work is. So our work is to provide information about the well-being of our community to the greater Rochester region. So that would be the nine counties and the four cities and anyone who lives or works in this particular community. And so we have information on education, health, public safety, just an enormous amount of information over a hundred different measures Mm. that we disaggregate by race and ethnicity where we can, and we have for every county and every city within our region. So it's a huge amount of credible, timely, and independent data. And depending on where you're at and what you're working on depends on how you engage if you're in our community. So maybe, maybe I should take a step back. What is your organization's mission? So 10 years ago, we launched a website called Act Rochester. The purpose of the initiative, which is broader than just the website, the website's a tool, is to change the culture in our community so that people would make decisions and solve problems using credible, timely, and independent data. As we know, many different nonprofits are so focused, and rightfully so, on providing service to the people that they are responsible for, that tracking how they do it and using data is always a secondary focus. Mm. We want to be sure that the work we're doing provides results and impact, and therefore we want to encourage the community to to look at data. It doesn't take away the need to understand and know what's happening with people, but it provides the knowledge, the ability to really see what you're doing to be able Mm. to adjust it if you can make a bigger impact. You have a 10-year experience in this chase and development of what's out there, what can we represent, How can we represent it in a data framework? So the customers, what you're speaking of, the customers are not only the people on the ground, the residents. Well, maybe they're not the customer directly, but indirectly. But all those services in in county and I'm assuming county governments, everybody can utilize this. Yes. And we consider ourselves a public utility because there is no charge to anyone to go on the website and access our data. But Edwin, what we learned is that if you build this incredibly robust website, it doesn't mean people will come. Mm. And so following the first couple of years, we realized that not everybody wants to get into the details of the data and figure out what it means themselves. So we then started two different things. We started to put out some really profound reports Mm. about poverty and inequity in race and ethnicity. And at the same time, we launched an annual report card event so that we could help 
share and put together the stories for people who were interested but just weren't going to go through um, the enormity of data on the website. Sure. So you you created an event to bring people in, to socialize the concepts, to to give a voice of, and I, I was there, so I get to say this uh, by firsthand knowledge, <laughs> you created a media event out of this to one, not just share the information, but to share awareness that this is here and this is how it helps. Yes. Um, for the last eight years, we have done this event an hour and a half only, so we keep it pretty tight. We do it first thing in the morning, and many people come early and network. And what we do is every year we do an update on what the report card is showing us. We actually do a report card for the nine-county region, and that's the one I usually speak about. But we actually create report cards for each individual county in the region for them to be able to um, use their data without having to recreate this enormous effort. But then we add several other topics to the agenda. We might do a panel on poverty if that happens to be a hot topic. We've actually done a a couple of presentations on using the data to tell stories. So every year we create a different approach with the event, which keeps people coming back. They know Mm. they're going to get the data, but they also know we're going to take a unique spin. Mm. And for an hour and a half of someone's time, it's a great opportunity to um, re-engage around the data. We also do a press release and we get significant media coverage, which I feel blessed that the media cares about the kinds of things that we're communicating. Now, you've gotten recognition also at the state level, haven't you? We have. Uh, One of the reports that Act Rochester did was a report about benchmarking the city of Rochester with its 19 comparable size cities. When that report came out, it showed that in almost every poverty indicator, we were the worst of the 19 or second. So that would be things like the poverty rate, children in poverty, extreme poverty. And so it just um, painted us in the factual position mm-hmm. we were in. Mm-hmm. At that time, uh, Governor Cuomo had um, had delayed his state of the state and had been introduced to this information and actually challenged Rochester with his help and the help of the county and the city to to look at poverty in our community. And that actually resulted in the initiative called the Rochester Monroe Anti-Poverty Initiative. And so now there's a major collective impact group working on poverty in our city and, and county. Now you say you covered, is it nine counties? Yes. So do you have an interface with each county? I assume there's somebody on the ground there you're dealing with. Not specifically. It depends on the county itself. Oh. So recently um, in, in Yates County, they were added after we launched 10 years ago, the Community Foundation Alignment, which is how Act Rochester picks it. Um, picked its geography. Uh, the Community Foundation added Seneca and Yates several years after Act Rochester was launched. So we did a special engagement with them when we added them to the website. And Yates has been uh, probably one of the most engaged um, counties. But their frustration has been with the size of their Mennonite population. 
the data can sometimes be skewed. So we have a pretty good relationship with some people in Yates, mainly because of their frustration that no one can actually get an accurate count of the Mennonites and how they impact the data that we put together at an apples to apples level. So for instance, Mennonite children go to school through the eighth grade and they generally go to their own schools. While we look at um, whether or not people have health care coverage, in many cases, the Mennonites will do that through their own uh, religious organizations. And so it's been fascinating to look at where an impact may take place Hmm. that would change the numbers. So what we do is we, we just reference what the leaders in the community have shared with us, but we don't change our numbers because we have to be factual. And anytime you do something subjective, you take a risk at not having the data be actual. But it definitely in those populations in our area, we have a lot of Amish. And I don't know if you're using Amish and Mennonite as synonymous, or I think they're two different. We haven't. Okay. But there is an effort underway that we're going to look at what it would take to be able to get more information. Yeah. And we'll link both the Mennonites and the Amish. So recently I went to Ontario County and participated on a panel at the library and the um, superintendent of schools was there for Canandaigua as well as my uh, counterpart who covers United Way down in that geography. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what the community is interested in and who is having a platform that makes sense for Act Rochester to be part of. What do you see as the biggest challenge coming up in the next five to 10 years? And do you think the census in 2020 is going to change anything? Uh, Yes, I do on the census, and I'll get to that second. I think the biggest challenge in the next five years is, is the abundance of information that is coming at people and their ability to know where to go and how to sift through what's out there to really get what they need to make the decisions mm-hmm. they need to make wherever, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we want to change the culture of decision-making, for me, we need to be sure that people have that right data, information, measures, that they can make appropriate decisions to move whatever needle they're trying to move, because mm-hmm. it isn't always consistent in what people are trying to accomplish. The second thing is, yes, the 2020 census, I am very concerned about people not completing the paperwork Hmm. and therefore not showing the true size of our communities and the true situation of our communities. Just so you know, I'm going to pre-announce we we will be doing a save the date with our holiday communication, but we've scheduled our next report card event for April 2nd. That will be the day after the census launches, and I do plan for one of our topics to be around the census. In the city of Rochester, what we know, because we've got a very large Puerto Rican population, is we know that between 5,000 and 8,000 new people have come into the community because of Hurricane Maria. So if that population doesn't complete the census, it impacts multiple things, especially the 2000 dollars that comes into a community for each citizen mm. that fills it out. That's a huge amount. So people have opinions about how am I categorizing myself? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. you know, it's not perfect by any means. And as a white Caucasian person, 
I don't have to think a whole lot about what selection I make. For other people, it's an issue. But that aside, there are lots of benefits as to why people should complete and be counted um, in 2020. It seems to be a challenge, and I know it takes a concerted effort to get that message out there that it's important. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that that is uh, timely for you for what you're undertaking. And that's a brilliant concept. That's perfect. You're going to get off. Thank you. Well, and, you know, a lot of people are talking about how it impacts the representation and the number of people who represent you in Washington. Mm. That's that's a concern. But for me, almost 30 percent of my data on Act Rochester is census data. Well, I want it to be as accurate as possible. And so it's about the accuracy. But my sense is if we get the number of people completing the census that we really need to have, we're going to see some shifts. Mm -hmm. We might see here we are focused on poverty because we have this whole initiative. But if more people are counted, we may see that that we've got even a bigger problem than we thought. Mm. And, you know, we learned a lesson recently as we were looking at our poverty numbers. And you can't just look at the percent. We always talk about, okay, 33% poverty in the city of Rochester, which is worse than the percentages of most of the, well, New York State and the U.S. in total. But if you don't look at the number of people and know what makes that up, you're kind of in the dark. So we yeah. realize that 66,000 people in the city were in poverty. And of that, 25,000 were children. So if you want to focus on solutions that give you the biggest bang for the buck using your knowledge, yeah. then of course, moving families with children out of poverty gets you the adult and the children. So that's how I love to use the data is what's it telling me we need to have many different solutions to our challenges, but where's your biggest, where's that 80-20 rule, Mm. you know? You know, 20% of the resource gets 80% of the impact. You don't know what you don't know. And until you start to build a depth of understanding, which requires work, any way you look at it, somebody has to do something in order to get that picture on paper. And uh, it sounds like you are on a healthy way forward to making sure people know what they don't know. Yes. Over this last 10 years, we have gone from people not knowing we even exist to really in the in the circles that we can make an impact on we are now a household name so that feels really great yeah well thank you for sharing your expertise and your story and i'm sure we'll hear more great i look forward to it recorded live at the cohen multimedia studio at chautauqua institution because you need to know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.